So, Dan, you going to go on down to the polls there in November, eh? No. What are you, proud? Proud? N- no, because I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed? And that's why I'm not allowed to come up with the bits. By the way, sir, we fell. You said it's my way to the highway to hell. It's your decision. Choose it well. You said it's my way to the highway to hell. Hello and welcome to Sadie Hello. Hawkins Pod. So, Jessica, what have you been doing lately? Oh, wait, wrong song. <laughs> I'm about to crack open a Molson. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about our favorite can con Molson's in this episode. Molson's very, very difficult to find in Los Angeles. Very difficult to you find You can get in it Los in Angeles. Vegas. You can get it as close as Vegas. Ooh. Ah, oh, listen to that. But um, here in Los Angeles, the only place we've ever successfully found it is at Pasadena. Yeah. <laughs> a random store in Pasadena. Mmm. Tastes yeah. like puck drop. <laughs> You ready for a hockey night or whatever? I'm ready for hockey night in Canada. Jessica's always been such a big CanCon stan. <laughs> she's been I watching. It's hilarious. She's always watching. She, for years, she was watching. I mean, our original podcast was about a CanCon show. The, the the podcast we do not speak of. The podcast, yeah. The 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 podcast, the prequel the to this pod. podcast. <laughs> so now she now she watches hockey and all this stuff and mm-hmm. I bought her a year to NHL streaming or whatever and that didn't pay off too well. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> Who was to know there would be a pandemic? Right. Well, welcome back to the Reliant to Reliant Pod. <laughs> what are we called? I'm just kidding. Sadie Hawkins Pod. So last week Oh, well first the big news. And I'll get to then we'll get to talking about you know f- stuff from last Ooh, week. What's the big news? How um, Matt Hoops did a live stream the other yeah. day on Instagram, and just we were sitting on the couch, and Jessica's like, "Matt Hoops is live on the live on the 1981 Instagram right now," and I was like, "Oh, really?" And then I just popped in, and then Jessica popped in, and we were both watching on our phones, and he was just walking around the 1981 like factory offices, offices yeah. office factory. And he was answering people's questions about Reliant K. And then you can see my socks was there. And he was posting in the, the <laughs> questions. He's like, go on Sadie Hawkins' pod. It was good. So good. And the thing was, <laughs> it's not like when, it's not like the questions were rushing in. Uh-huh. It's not like when I'm on a Mike Herrera live stream <laughs> and there's like a question every every second or a post every second and he just sees what he can see. Like... Matt Hoops most likely saw every line. Yep, he was just deliberately, was deliberately ignoring, ignoring the ones about Sadie Hawkins' pod. <laughs> However, I was logged in as the podcast, and for the longest time, I couldn't think of a question. And uh, you can see my socks was bouncing with the questions at all times. I was like, I don't have any questions right now. And then finally, I remembered that one question that Jessica had. You know, a general question that she has if we ever ask the band is, "Did you pick any songs from Cave Karaoke?" So I threw that question at him, and he did answer that live on the air, and we have that clip. I recorded it to my phone, so here it is. How are the songs on Case for Karaoke picked? Uh, were any picked by me? You know, some were picked by me. I can't even remember. It Honestly, it was like one of those funny things that we just, uh, just kind of did. Oh, actually, the one that I know that was picked by me specifically is uh, Justin Bieber, Baby. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a funny one. 
So, and we already knew that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a well-known <laughs> fact online. But then I turned to Jessica and I said, he knows we exist. He's not, he doesn't have us muted or <laughs> he blocked. He knows we exist. He knows we exist. <laughs> We're not muted or blocked. He answered our question. So, so I think... I think we can end now. We've had Matt Thiessen <laughs> like those tweets from Ethan and John and John that were replies to us. And now we've, Matt Hoops has a- answered a question, but ignored any text about us going to the So yeah, anyway, I was not going to be like from the podcast being like, come on our podcast, come on our podcast, because right. I knew it would be tacky. And also, I don't know if we're ready for that. But then you can see my socks was as- asking that. And I DM'd him later. And I'm like, I saw that. Thanks so much for fighting for the cause or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I knew you guys wouldn't do that. Yeah. Then somebody else asked if they would, if he would come on his podcast. Some somebody else, just someone else. Yeah, and he responded to and that. Said, yeah, I like I like going on podcasts. Yeah, and then I posted just a, one of those like wide eyed emojis, just like yeah. the eyes that are looking, <laughs> like, hey, you like going on podcasts? So, so Sadie Hawkins pod, endorsed by John Schneck, not endorsed by Matt Hoops, <laughs> but. <laughs> Our right to exist is acknowledged by Matt Hoops. (laughs) And then there's one other really important. So I only screen grabbed. I didn't screen grab his whole stream, but I screen grabbed after I sent that question because I'm like, if he answers, I want to make sure I have this. But in the six minutes that I screen grabbed of the full hour he did, he did have this to say, which I think is very important for people to hear. And I'm sorry if this is some sort of like... I sh- maybe I shouldn't be sharing this. Like, oh, he said this in a live stream, hoping it would never be heard of again. But he gave it publicly. So this is very cool thing to hear right here. Hold on. Lots of people are asking him, basically, what's up with Reliant K? Yeah. Is it done? He said, Reliant K isn't not a thing. It's just a matter of getting, you know, together with Matisse and all that. But at one point, he was asked something, and he said this. Next record, uh... That's going to be a while. <laughs> so, yeah, no no direction, no inspiration. I would like to, like, honestly put out, like, just, like, a very fast rock garagey uh, kind of record. I feel like the world kind of needs needs something like that right now. Uh, I think that would be excited. That would be exciting to me. So, basically, he said, like, Relying Cade, no new record is on the horizon. They don't have the inspiration, the time, the whatever right now to... He doesn't know what's going to happen, but he's got ideas for what he'd like a new Relying K record to be. So, I think that's very hopeful. He's like, he wants to do something fast. I don't know. When he said fast, I didn't know if he meant the music fast was fast. Fast-paced music. I assume when he first said fast that he meant put a record together very quickly. I'll, I'll take both. It, either one could be good. Either or. Yeah. So there's Matt Hoop's hope for a new Reliant K record, even though it is not planned on the horizon. We just wanted to share that hopeful tidbit of the future. Also, since we're talking about an anatomy song, um, on the subject of like the gold editions and so like those remixes, he did mention that on this live stream that J.R. McNeely, who did most of the mm -hmm mix, did the gold editions. Right. I, I didn't know that person's name specifically but i knew that the idea of the gold records of anatomy and two lefts three lefts two lefts two lefts i knew the idea of those was to make them match the production style of mm-hmm more matt hoops also said in the thing because it was you can see my socks who asked him didn't did matt hoops personally work on the gold edition remixes of anatomy and two lefts and he was like yeah i worked on that a little but he wasn't really sure it seemed he seemed to be kind of hazy on the details he's like, I don't think the changes were that drastic. I don't really remember what the changes were. 
this week we're talking what have you been doing lately the changes are drastic okay because <laughs> you can see my socks is like the expert on knowing what the difference is between the original mixes and the two gold mixes are this week's song the changes are drastic and we'll get into it when we talk about it the non-gold spoiler warning the non-gold mix of I say, what have you been doing lately? Yeah, I thought that was a joke. That was not a joke. I just confused myself because of my earlier joke. (laughs) My way or the highway. My way or the highway. The the gold mix of my way or the highway is much worse than the original mix. And we'll get into that. So other top of the show business. Last week when we talked about Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. One thing I completely forgot to put on the docket was talking about the single. And we don't own a copy of that single. I was wondering if anyone out there has it. If they can, like, rip it. Burn it. Not burn it. Rip it. Because (laughs) there's three versions of the song on there. Which I think are all just a matter of how the song is edited out. Like, for radio. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, like, sending the My Girl... (laughs) Marilyn Manson ate My Girlfriend CD single out to radio stations and being like, here, play this. A song about Marilyn Manson will never be on a safe of the little ear station, period. But there are three different edits of the song on the single art, on the single CD, which I don't own. We own a lot of the early EPs and singles, but not those ones. Not that one. So I'd like to hear the difference between those edits, those three edits. But yeah. if anyone has it, please like upload those to YouTube or send us the send me the MP3s or something. I'll upload them to YouTube, whatever. The artwork I forgot to mention on the Relying K My Girlfriend single was done by Parker Jacobs. And I completely forgot to mention that. And that is, if I'm not mistaken, the brother of Christian Jacobs, the lead singer of the Aquabats. That's awesome. And he's done a bunch of artwork for the Aquabats. Yeah. He did the two Scalaluya covers by the Insiders. That's he's so that cool. Cartoonist. <laughs> he did the cover of Meal Ticket's Misconceptions album. He's just done all of this amazing artwork. And he has a very specific style. So when I used to look at that artwork online, where it's this cartoon of the four original self-titled lineup members of the band as cartoon characters like looking up at this gaunt skinny Marilyn Manson type character who's holding a knife and fork I saw that and I'm like oh that's the Aquabats artist but online there's no confirmation of that there's no like list of his portfolio saying you know this artwork is also by Parker Jacobs so I DM'd him from the podcast account to um to his Instagram which is art of PJ on Instagram. And I just said, Hey, we're a Reliant K podcast. And this looks like your artwork. I always assumed it is, but there's no absolute like credit or confirmation. Can you tell me if this is your artwork for sure? And he said, yes, it was. And I was like, great. Thank you. Love your work. And he said, thank you. So that's about all all that was. Jessica's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. But I just got confirmation because we had never, I'd never had like absolute confirmation. Sorry, I was spacing out. Oh, that's okay. On Wikipedia and stuff, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't list that cover art. Yeah, yes, yes, but that's such a great cover art. And you me have just to go post- add that to the Wikipedia. Me just posting that cover art got so many more likes than like anytime <laughs> I try to come up with a clever meme or something like that. All I did was post the cover art to the CD single and it got 40 likes, which isn't a ton, but that's about what we top out at. And none of my memes got 40 likes. Anyway, so there's that. And then we do have some voicemails. 
And this is from, uh, as I said, the guy who's out there fighting the fight on the front lines, trying to get Matt Hoops on the podcast. Here's Daniel Moraine calling. Who? You can see my socks. Who is off there calling <laughs> Magnified Pod? He's jumping shit. What? What? <laughs> they can't I only, steal. Yeah. You can see my socks. I only listen to see what the enemy is up to. And then there, I'm just spying on them, and and there's there's people from our nation joining other nations. Wow. So you're on probation. You can see my socks. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Here is Daniel's voicemail. What's up? It's Daniel Moraine uh, from Kansas City. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, misheard lyrics in. Uh, in the Marilyn Manson, A My Girlfriend song. Um, the ones I always misheard up until this very day <laughs> um, was the Marilyn Manson shows are overpriced. I did not know that was what it was until I think Jessica said it. I have always, I've never actually known what he said there, but I always thought it was like Marilyn Manson shows her over Christ. Like, I, 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 I struggled to like try and make it make sense all these years, but like I thought it was like Marilyn Manson chose to go after the girlfriend rather than Christ. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. It would make more sense if it was like the girlfriend chose Marilyn Manson over Christ. Um, and I thought maybe it, I misheard it and it was like Marilyn Manson chose hurt over Christ. Like he chose like pain and like suffering over like, the not pain and suffering of Jesus. I don't know. But that makes little sense. Marilyn Manson shows shows are overpriced. Uh, now I know. So that's great. Cool. Also, you guys spelled Marilyn wrong in at least how it's spelled on Spotify. It's like Marlin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was all I had for this song. So uh, Magpot for Life. What? What? See? What? Look at this. Dissension in the ranks. What is this? <laughs> People are... I just can't... I don't even... I'm speechless. I... First, he's criticizing my spelling. <laughs> I know how Marilyn Manson is spelled, but I was afraid if I typed those words into our feed that mm. the ghosts would get into our RSS feed. Yeah. And then demons would come through your phone. No, I'm just kidding. I spelled it wrong. You want to talk about hurt and pain. And I fixed it. And Marilyn Manson, I, that's what we're talking about this week. What? If you want to talk about picking hurt and pain over God, that's what we're talking about this week. Is it? My way or the highway? Oh, because it's my way or the highway to hell? Yeah. It's my way or the, or this is almost like a sequel to Marilyn Manson and my girlfriend. It's like, hey, you're going to pick <laughs> Marilyn Manson over my way? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I never really knew the lyrics were Marilyn Manson shows are overpriced, but that was one of those things where I never bothered going to find out what he was singing. Yeah, same. Just like how it, it I was, never... It was not until I was doing my research yeah. for the song and looking at the lyrics online that I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, just like how I never concerned myself with, with what he was saying when he said Marilyn Manson went to Matt Hoop's school. Yeah. I never cared about, I never looked into what he was singing. Because I just thought it was, what's the matter with school? That's yeah. what it sounds like. That's what <laughs> Princes of the Sun thought it was, too. Right. So I almost said Queens of the Stone Age, and I'm like, that's 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 not who did that cover. <laughs> Imagine if Queens of the Stone Age did a tribute album to the first Reliant K self-titled. That would be so awesome. That would be amazing. So um, here is Daniel calling back. 
Hey, it's Daniel again. I just remembered the thing you asked about uh, the drum beat in the chorus of uh, Marilyn Manson, my girlfriend. Um, it's not called staccato. Staccato just means, like, short and separated notes. So, like, um, rather than being like, da-da-da-da-da, it'd be like, da 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 that would be staccato. There's a staccato turn signal going off. I was going to say. <laughs> in the background of this phone call. Drive safe, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so drums are pretty much always staccato anyway. I guess cymbals kind of sustain, but like a snare drum is automatically staccato. Um, I asked my friends who plays drums um, if there was a name for that beat, that kind of like doo-wop 60s kind of, or 50s kind of that thing you do beat. Um, he said there's not really a name for it. If he was going to like tell somebody to play that beat, he would just be like, play like a doo-wop beat. So I guess that's what it is, the doo-wop beat. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that answers your question. See y'all later. So, yeah, I'm glad answer. we didn't get a Magpod for life that time. <laughs> I was gonna edit those out from now on. No one's, no one's, but like I don't like like they have to get past like they got past this like the show's live. It's and they, not like John and Andrew actually, listen to this podcast anyway. Yeah, those dorks. <laughs> I'm, just I'm calling them out. You backtracked so fast, Danny. <laughs> did I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I was just shaking my head at you quietly, letting you know I didn't mean it, and then she sold me out. So um, there is one more voicemail, but yes, so doo-wop beat. It's just a doo-wop beat or something. I remember thinking doo-wop, but not being... I, when we were talking about that, how there's that da-da-da-da, that, beat, that, that mm-hmm. drum beat in Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend, I remember thinking, is it called doo-wop? But I, I think I can't remember what... It, I had some other syllables in my head that were doo-wop, that were like wapu or something. I don't know. Like, I couldn't think of the words doo-wop. So I was afraid to speak up and be sound. Exactly. It's an mm, but it's an Hanson beat. Yeah. Marilyn Hanson ain't my girlfriend. <laughs> my gosh, I'm gonna start a new band called Marilyn Hanson. <laughs> What's that? Who is that song from from the 2000s? Or it's like they're like Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson something 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 something. Kick your asses. Da 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 da. Don't stop now. There's only get what you give. Some. Then yeah, the only reason to live. Oh, you got the music in you. Yeah, I don't know what song know. Isn't it that is. Isn't that from like the nineties? No, do, it's do, from maybe do, the late nineties. I just imagine people are shouting at their at their phones right now, listening to us. The new radicals. You get like what you 90s, give. Isn't it? The new radicals. You get what you give. Let's see. New radicals. <laughs> You get what you give. Let's see when We're that was released. We're going to get more. 1998. See, there you go. 90s. We're going to get more negative comments on our Good. on our feed, Danny, Good. for being too long because our our top of the show business went too long today. Oh, who cares? <laughs> so, oh, uh, this song came out right around my birthday, November 10th, 1998. Nice. Um, I had just turned 16 years old. Was I ever so young? 16 years old. Jessica's looking like she's doing the math. I had just turned 16 years old. I was trying to remember how old I was then, but... Now you've confused me. Hold on. 1998. I think I was in elementary school. Let me do the math and make sure that's how old I was. 1998 minus 1971. The math podcast. Just, you didn't hear that. 1971. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
like, oh no, she's not, she's not referring to, she's not acknowledging my joke, so everyone's going to believe it. Oh, we cannot record in the heat anymore, Danny. It's so hot. We gotta do something. (laughs) It's humid. I was definitely 16 when this song came out. When the New Radicals, to this week's song, we're talking about You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. So my way or the highway? (laughs) No, we actually have one more voice. Okay. And here it is. It's from somebody else. It's not from Daniel. Here we go. Hey, Jess and Danny. This is Connor Dudry from Colorado. Uh, I've been listening for about a month, and I've been catching up and just listened to your therapy episode, actually. Uh, Forget Not Slow Down is, like, my favorite album of all time. I've literally listened to it thousands of times and have, like, analyzed it so much over the past 10 years. I had it just playing on infinite repeat in my room for, like, probably three or four years straight. But anyway... Uh, there's something I don't think was mentioned about therapy, and it's one of the things on this album that makes me most excited about the, the album, and just says so much about Tyson's genius as a songwriter. Um, so the bridge portion of therapy, the loneliness and solitude are two things not to get confused, um, is the same melody as the verses of I Don't Need a Soul, actually. And I was surprised you can't see my thoughts didn't mention something about this. Um, but yeah, maybe he was too busy listening, listening to Magnified to Pod. Pod. Yeah, and calling them up and posting pictures of Andrew and John in his bedroom and like <laughs> tweeting them and dreaming about going up for ice cream with them and holding hands. Oh, okay. Let's let's finish the voicemail. What? So I don't need a soul is a song about, you know, reflection and introspection and about being alone and feeling isolated. You know, the whole, I'm still whole without you. I can survive without you in my life thing. So when Tyson uses that same melody and sings about the difference between loneliness and solitude, he just like completely flipped the script on his entire situation and his outlook on everything. Since at least in my personal interpretation of the song, he sounded like a deep, meaningful reconnection with God that may have been missing in this time in solitude. Um, you know, that connection that was missing, and now he's, like, refound it, kind of. Um, and it's so subtle and easy to miss if you're not listening. And, yeah, I just I have, like, a whole headcanon on this song and the timeline and everything. And, like, what – and, like, I feel like it is just, like, one big long story. And it all – kind of, like, jumping back and forth. I feel like – anyway, that's other thoughts that I could send you in, like, an email or something. Um, and, like, even – the Amazon exclusive track terminals adds even more to all of it than I thought it would. But yeah, curious as to what your thoughts are on all that. I hope this didn't run too long. But yeah, thanks for everything you guys are doing. I'm enjoying the podcast and I'm going to keep listening. So bye. Yeah. Thank you for calling Connor. I agree. It is, it is like one giant story and kind of like those, those steps of going through a breakup is kind of what my headcanon is. It's just like every single step of, of going through that breakup. And I would love to hear more about your headcanon. Just one time we went on a trip and we stopped at a record store and they had a CD then recently since we started the podcast. And so we bought the first CD copy of Forget Not Slow Down we ever owned and we were in Jessica's car on that road trip so that car that CD lived in her car for months and it's all she listened to for like three months yeah and so she finally really got to know that record and then she'd tell me all these things she'd be like (laughs) I'm ready to do another Forget Not Slow Down song I think we had only done one Forget Not or two maybe Forget Not Slow Down songs at that point and then she was ready to talk about the whole album I know and and I can't wait to talk about I Don't Need a Soul and 
Yeah, I know. I know what he's talking about there. And there are quite a few songs on Forget and Not Slow Down where there are like melodies and other sort of things kind of borrowed and, and kind of like a, a thread that goes throughout the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have a theory about Forget and Not Slow Down that it was Ooh. all written by one guy at <laughs> like more or less around the same time. So <laughs> that could be that could reflect on why there's like that cohesive nature between all the songs. Because if they're all written, think about it. Now, I know this is like out of nowhere, but I'm like, think about it. If one guy kind of wrote all the songs on that album, then it would kind of lend itself to having like that sort of cohesive story and those little things that kind of connect each song. Thank you, Connor. We love hearing from new people and we love new listeners. So that's awesome. And yeah, email us, email us more of your head cannons because I love, I love hearing, hearing theories. Yes. I even the th- one the one big theory that not, that either of us don't that both of us don't like about collapsible. Love. <laughs> I still like. I don't like about that it. theory. <laughs> so this week, yes, we're talking about my way. It diminishes the what. It diminishes Forget and Not Slow Down. It diminishes the story of Forget and Not Slow Down. Oh, if you claim that, that collapsible lung is the sequel, is a continuation. Is a continuation. Right. I personally think air. For you personally. Fr- I personally think the cave for karaoke. <laughs> yeah. It's set. I think it's kind of like the Indiana Jones movies, where the second one actually takes place before the first one. <laughs> the fact that cave for karaoke. No, cave for karaoke came out after. Forgetting that so down. So never mind. That was like 2011, right? Yeah. So it actually goes. Forget not slow down. <laughs> then, the character. Of Matt Thiessen from Forget Not Slow Down goes to a karaoke bar. Okay. And that's the bar from Boomerang. <laughs> so in a way, in a way, I've just completely messed up my own theory. Um, so anyway, this week we're talking about My Way or the Highway. Uh, in both cases this week, we were like, it's uh, Independence Day week, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I was like, darn, you know, we already did be your man with the whole like five great things about America. So we can't do that for Fourth of July. And then I just went to my my lyric search tool for uh, Reliant K and I typed in like America and country. And I was like, what's like a patriotic Reliant K song? And at one point I had a, uh, I had like, maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. Danny was like, we can, Jessica, here's your choice. The president is all to blame. (laughs) And I'm like, what more patriotic thing can we talk about than how to blame the president is? But then it was actually, you could see my socks who was like, well, you know, uh, he, he said, um, Canadian independence day, Canadian independence day is July 1st. So he was like, you could do my way or the highway. Since the he mentions that he is Canadian in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. So. Yep. Danny gave me the choice and I listened to both songs. Well, both I songs. I don't want to do either. Because both songs <laughs> lend themselves to a deeper <laughs> theological discussion about Christianity and the nature of salvation in Christian teachings. And Jessica was like, I'm not really ready for any for either of those. <laughs> listen but i yeah i have more so this song is clearly sounds like a song about choose the lord or go to hell yeah that's how the song comes off yes i think there's a little bit more going on in this song and that 
at first listen, especially if you are familiar with the ideas of Christian salvation and how it only comes through Christ and you have to choose Christ and ask for salvation and forgiveness or else you go to hell. If you're not familiar with all of that Christian doctrine, then you might hear this song and be like, huh, weird. Okay, I'm not really sure what the song's about. But if you are raised in the church and you understand that that is part of, you know, Christianity, then... You sold me on this because you said that I could sit here and I could drink Molson and I could talk about Canada <laughs> and that's not what's happening right now. But there's there are other things going on in this song. I don't think it's 100% purely just about Christian salvation through Christ. I think there's more going on, but I want to hear your thoughts on the song and then I'll get into my extra headcanon. Not, not really a fan of this one. I think the music <laughs> is awesome. It's, yeah, it's... The music is great, but it is, it's that cringy, accusatory, heavy-handed, reliant K that I just don't care for. And you have your own, you know, kind yeah. of thoughts and, and theories on this song. But, I, and it's my very unpopular opinion that I'm not a fan of Anatomy of the Tongue-in-Cheek. And I know a lot of people are really huge fans of Anatomy. And even though it was the very first album that I ever heard by Reliant K, I heard it on a trip, on a ski trip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a bunch of kids on a bus on our way home from the ski trip. So everyone's kind of shouting and, you know, laughing and doing their own thing. So I couldn't really make out the lyrics. All I could hear were these great jams. And that's why I was like, oh, this is awesome. Who is this? Oh, it's Reliant K. Cool. And so I started listening to them and then bought the very first album. Um, so like, yeah, I, I like, I love Sadie Hawkins dance, obviously, and pressing on and every now and then maybe it's Maybelline, but that's kind of it for me with this album. Even though maybe it's Maybelline is just it is. as Christian oh, as this. And also just as like that sort of overt, um, kind of, uh, like accusatory feel to it. But, but maybe it's Maybelline. That's like, it's fun pop culture yeah, this has So... <laughs> I would say, yes, that is true. Now I'll say like, yeah, this song doesn't, this song is more, it, 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 it kind of appears and it's easy to interpret it as a song about damnation, right? Uh-huh. And then it's not, it doesn't seem to be geared towards any particular person. Whereas say the, the most, uh, the song that feels the most accusatory that we've ever come across so far well, the two most accusatory were Now We've Done My Girlfriend and We Did What Have You Been Doing Lately, and how those have very accusatory, judgmental feeling of, like, look at these people who are choosing this girlfriend who's choosing gothy, dark music <laughs> over the Lord, and look right. at these people who are choosing beer and not getting their life straight. And tight over, sweaters. And tight sweaters over God, exactly. This song isn't calling out any particular person, I think this song is about, I think the damnation part, if that is the theme, which it absolutely sounds like, and it's hard not to think that it's about that. I think it's, I think it's about the singer, Matt Thiessen, or like the version of him that he presents in his songs. I think it's about him himself being called in a way to say to, to the decision. So it's not like saying it's an, it's a, it's a, pale uh compromise to say like oh this song isn't accusing any one particular person it's it's like he's saying to himself god is calling on me to say hey 
uh, human son of mine, it is my way or the highway to hell. Like, choose me. Stand up and choose me. I think that's the thing. So if you're, like, not into that whole, like, damning the whole world sort of thing, then, yeah, it's still a iffy proposition. It feels a little bit wrong. It's still, it gets onto the apologetics side where you're like, hey, look, okay, we're telling you you're going to hell, but if you do it, I'm telling you you should do. If you go to the Lord, you won't go to hell. And we've, you know, talked about it here and there, and I'm not like a deeply theological guy at all right but i just know what feels right and what feels wrong and because i was raised in so many different denominations and i've seen so many different versions of dogma and so many different ideas of like this is what sends you to hell but that's what sends you to hell and i grew up in massachusetts which is a largely catholic community and the protestant like smaller communities that i grew up in grow up in they would look at catholics and say catholics aren't saved directly through Jesus Christ. They don't ask Jesus Christ to forgive them for their sins. So they're not, quote-unquote, real Christians, right? So they're not, quote-unquote, real Christians. But, like, it's like all, like, I've learned too many different things. There's an MXPX song called Different Things. It's not exactly, that. my life isn't exactly the same as that song. But, like, I was taught so many different things by so many different types of Christianity that it's hard for me to absolutely agree with believe with any one particular one so when i kind of boil down my belief system i just believe in jesus christ i believe in a in theism i believe there's a god i believe there's a creator but as i was talking about last week a little bit like agnostic theism like i am more agnostic but i'm sort of like a christian i believe in jesus but like again then it gets down to the thing that i know you're a little uncomfortable with if i'm not mistaken this idea that hey everyone you're going to hell Hey, God loves you unconditionally, but you're going to hell. <laughs> it's like Yeah, I don't subscribe to that idea. Yeah. It's hard to, it's really hard to reconcile God saying he has unconditional love on one condition. You know what I mean? Like that's another thing that I've always I was like like Christianity literally is like God has unconditional love. God loves you unconditionally. Unconditional love. The Supertones have a song. It's like unconditional love. But there's one condition. <laughs> so it's like, is that There's really? a couple conditions, actually. There's, yeah, I guess there's a couple conditions. <laughs> yeah, I just... Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've never subscribed to that idea. Uh, we've that, always had friends yeah. who, you know... I've had friends who come from a lot of walks, from different walks of life. And, you know, I have... We had a... She passed away recently. We had a really good family friend who was Jewish. And she was like another grandmother to me. And so, you know, growing up and learning about, you know, religion and different things, it was just like, no, I called her Bub because Bubby, you know, is Yiddish for a grandmother. She would obviously get into heaven as far as I'm concerned because she was a good person. Like, I don't like I like I just if you're good, you're good. You Mm -hmm. know, like I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, so many other people, like I've said many times before, get to our age (laughs) it seems like my generation after growing up in this particular version of the 90s and 2000s church get to our age and like go off and and realize other things about themselves or realize other things about the world or their questions about the universe and like the thing is i was thinking about this recently and it's like we obviously have 
viewpoints that differ greatly from different like mainline Christian thought, right? And also our thoughts are not that well mapped out because we're not like theologians and we don't we don't pretend to be. And even when I was in church, I believed, you know, I listened to the lessons and stuff, but I wasn't like how you can't expect like the hundreds of people in one particular church every Sunday to be studying everything like perfectly all the time and i'm just one of those people in the church who was like listening and getting some ideas and figuring out how to live my life so it's like it might sound weaselly and confused and stuff but that's just how i feel you know what dan what i'm gonna live the life that i choose (laughs) oh no i know what that's a reference to and i don't like it (laughs) Speaking of CanCon, so Lion CanCon, <laughs> um, but there's more going on in the song than I think just the idea of Christian salvation and damnation. How do you interpret the line? Because I'm not looking forward to leaving all my friends behind. That's exactly what I have to say. So I don't think that this song. This By is... the way, f- that left behind movie. The dogs get <laughs> saved. Right. All the dogs in both Left Behind movie, both the Nicolas Cage and the Kirk Cameron one, there's always like a dog who's like, where's my Christian master? We watched one of those. I don't remember which one we for a bad Nick movie Cage. night with our friends. We watched the Nick Cage one, but then we watched a little bit of the Kirk Cameron one. And there was still another dog scene where the dog's like, where's the, where's my Christian guy? Okay. so So I think this song is actually not just about... The idea of following God or facing the consequences. I think that is the main, one of pretty much the main theme. But I think this song is about multiple things. And he basically, when he says, should I start this song off with a question or should I say what's on my mind out of cello here to add a sad impression because I'm not looking forward to leaving all my friends behind. So that sounds like when you, after you've listened to the rest of the song, then it's about like him becoming a Christian and then having to abandon his friends because they're not Christian, which that is one interpretation that you can make of that. And that's certainly something I've thought about. Like, is that what that's about? But that never quite sat right with me because even if you believe as many, and if not most Christians do, about purely that you ask Christ for your forgiveness in your sins and that's when you go to heaven and if you never ask for that forgiveness directly from christ then you're going to hell even if you think that's what the song's about it's about christian salvation and damnation simply becoming a christian doesn't necessarily mean you're leaving all your friends behind immediately like yeah like there's probably plenty of there's like two songs by the supertones and songs by dc talk that i can think of where it's like you know, you have a dark past and you have to leave that dark past behind and you might have to leave the people behind. But if you become saved, like typically at the very least, when you first become saved, you're supposed to like go and tell all your friends, I'm saved and I believe in Jesus and you should believe in Jesus too and also find salvation. So for someone to immediately have salvation and say, I'm leaving all my friends behind at the beginning of the song, that always sounded too cold to me for it to be right off the bat. Sounds like Scientology. That is like Scientology. And I think there's a lot of other religions that are have radical arms of their religion. That is like, as soon as you f- come into this faith, you are leaving everyone you've ever known behind. You're leaving your, if like, if you have family, you're leaving them behind. Like, I think there's, there's absolutely, you know, radical Christian and probably Jewish and Islamic 
arms of faith of those faiths that would say like you're literally leaving everyone you knew behind and you're coming into this fold and you're living but that's not what I think of when I think of Matt Thiessen and Reliant K like I don't think of them as rejecting every I always think of I have always thought of them as being very inclusive of always wanting to be around everyone and having friends I never would think of Matt Thiessen or the members of Reliant K as leaving their friends behind he's happy to see Justin, because he hasn't seen him since 1998. So this is my headcanon. Especially when you get into the second stanza. He says, I didn't vote, though I'm not proud, because I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed. Give give it a go, throw in the towel, stand alone or swim through the crowd. That has, that, like, what is voting and being Canadian half anything to do with finding salvation through Christ or damnation otherwise. Nothing. It's like almost a non sequitur. So when I thought back on the line, I'm not looking forward to leaving my friends all behind. This is totally headcanon. It's absolutely a theory based off of wholesale cloth. But I'm wondering if this song is actually about Reliant K or Matt Thiessen specifically thinking ahead in their career as a band and getting ready to go on tour and pursue this band and a life on the road to promote this band. I know it sounds a little crazy to think that because not, because absolutely 80% of the lyrics just lend themselves to being like a really pious song about damnation and salvation. But that voting, because I'm Canadian, I couldn't vote because I'm Canadian, that has nothing to do with religion or piety or salvation or damnation. So I'm like, well, if that's thrown in there, then what else in here possibly is something else that's kind of lending to this like tapestry of where the song is actually about multiple things. So I'm like thinking about Reliant K, it's 2002, they're now really pursuing touring nonstop to promote the band, to really be a band and make this their career. And when you tour, you leave your friends behind. And there are so many other bands and punk bands that have songs about being on tour and going on tour. MXPX have multiple songs about that because like they all but quit, you know, they've graduated, but they all but gave up high school to, as soon as high school was done, they're like, we're going on tour. This is our life. You know what I mean? Doing time. One of their biggest songs is about that. So I think that that's actually, he was, capturing a specific moment in his life in my headcanon and saying I'm and basically praying to I think this song is him praying to the Lord and saying is this the right decision for us to pursue Reliant K as an active touring band and then the sort of like metaphor here is that the decision he has to make for being on tour with Reliant K and leaving his friends behind and knowing that it'll be years and that when he comes home, things might be totally different from how he left them, like going to college almost. You leave for college and you come home and your town might be a lot different. That crucial decision in his life paralleled, almost completely paralleled with his decision at whatever time in his life to give his life to Christ. I think that's that's what I believe this song is about. I think it's basically Matt Thiessen and Reliant K saying we're getting ready to make one of the hardest decisions in our lives, which is giving up all of our friend structure, giving up the support of home, giving up being home, going on the road and giving most of our gear to touring as this band. And things are never going to be the same and we're going to lose friendships and, you know, possibly never see some people really ever again. At least we're never going to hang out with them again. And it's a tough decision to make. And in a way, that might happen when you accept the Lord. It might happen when you become a Christian because 
yes, some people will become Christian and they'll decide to leave all their past behind and never talk to their friends again. But I don't think of Reliant K and the members of Reliant K as doing something like that. So I don't think that's what it's about. I just can't imagine, especially after hearing the song Be Rad, right? <laughs> Which is about them, seemingly about them being in high school and like making fun of people's shirts and like being bad Christian kids hanging out at the mall like being in the church and like they're not being good examples for Christ. I think that's what we landed on B-Rad being about. Right. So they've already got friends. They've already got, why would they leave all their friends behind now that he's becoming a Christian? And like I said, I mean, this isn't like olden times. Like you're not leaving the village to go be a Christian. You're not going to the commune to be a Christian. You're staying in your town. You're going to have your friends and you're going to tell them about Christ because you want to make them Christians too. At the very least, in an, you know, in a sort of evangelical way, you're going to want all your friends to be Christian with you or at least give them a chance to. You know what I mean? So why would you leave all your friends behind? So that's what I think this song's about. And, the, and what I think supports that headcanon is this line about, I didn't vote, though I'm not proud because I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed. Because that has nothing to do with religion. So I think that that's what that's about. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like the decision to be Reliant K feels just as scary and as big a decision following the Lord. Like they're praying on it and they're saying, Lord, is this the right decision to make? Just like the first time he laid his life in front of the Lord and said, I give my life to you and this is scary, but I'm giving my life to Christ now. That's what I think this song's about. And songs can be about multiple things in this way. You know, it's a great show. Shit's Creek. <laughs> you don't like my version of this, my version of this thing? I love it. So, I mean, because what do you think of the line, I didn't vote because I'm not proud because I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed? Like I think that's great. If you, if, in what you thought the whole song was about, and you thought the, the I'm not, I'm not looking forward to leaving my friends out behind. You definitely had this idea that it was about him leaving them for Christ. But how did you reconcile that line about being Canadian and not being able to vote in the American elections? That it was a non sequitur. Yeah. So, but I just think the whole first part of the song is a little bit of a non sequitur to the second part. Speaking of voting, it's important. <laughs> yes. Do it. And we're in an election year. Exactly. So it's a good thing we did it this year. But yeah, so so you were saying you looked up when the election was at the, around this time, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the president, there's an election every year. Right. I wanted to see if there was like a specific kind of election in like 01 or 02 or if this was just a holdover song. From, from an early, yeah, because the first album came out in 2000. So yeah. if the song was written around the first album. It would make sense that they're still talking about the election, whereas, no, this, this album came out in 2001, right? 2002. 2001. This album 2001, came out in 2001. Yeah. So this album came out a year after the presidential election. Okay. So, it so kind of makes make, sense. It would kind of make sense a couple months after. I thought it was 02, yeah. so that's why I was like, wait a minute. And this album was definitely recorded and written before 9-11. So people wouldn't, oh, there right, wouldn't yeah. be 9-11 and then people are talking about like, did you vote for Bush? Because 9-11's happening now. Or like, you could put it in a context in hindsight and history, but the song was definitely written pre-9-11. It had to have been. They were on tour and in the middle of the tour, Anatomy came out. So there's no way they wrote this album and recorded it before that. So, um, like, overall, and just kind of back, looking back through the lyrics, I think this is, I think this, I think this song overall isn't simply about this stark, kind of dark, depending on your viewpoint, uh, thing of accept Christ or go to hell. 
You know, I don't think there are absolutely Christian songs about that. And that's absolutely one way to interpret this song. But I think the actual parallel, the, the, it's, it's sort of the but metaphor. it's the chorus. It's, it's, the, it's the, yeah, no. it's the most repeated line. The or, it's, it's my way or, or the, the highway, highway to hell. hell. Why I are we think... talking about ACDC and the highway to hell? <laughs> or, Way more fun than or this song. Biscuit. <laughs> oh. So, oh. so I think that the song is drawing parallels between you give your life to Christ and it's a tough to, and I, I know I've already said this, but I'm setting up something slightly different. I think it's drawing parallels between if you have become a born again, Protestant Christian, you give your life to Christ or you listen to Limp Bizkit. Or what? <laughs> Either one. If you're becoming a Christian, you give your life to Christ, and it's at that time the toughest decision you have to make. But then when you have really tough decisions to make later on in your life, you need to give yourself to God again and trust that you're making the right decision if you believe it's what God's leading you to. In this case, I think the direct parallel for Matt Thiessen as the songwriter is he's saying us pursuing the band and making this our career. But I think when he says, it's your decision, choose it well, he said, it's my way or the highway to hell. I think it's two things he's saying there. One, the coming before Christ and repenting your sins and becoming born again. But then it's also those big cornerstone moments in your life later on where you have a really tough decision to make and you don't know what the right choice is. And you think, um, I don't want to do something or I do want to do something. And you've given yourself to the Lord. So you trust that the Lord is guiding your life to make the right decision. And you think, well, here's the easier path in my career, in my relationship, in like different, you know, other things in your life. And you think, I'm going to take the easy path. But God's like, well, I don't want you to take the easy path. I want you to take this path. This is the path I laid before you. This is the plan I have for your life. And God's like, hey, do you remember when you were you became born again and i was like it's my way or the highway to hell well now you're saved you're not gonna go to the literal hell but pick the right choice choose it well for your life right now because if you pick the wrong choice you go against what you feel is right what i'm putting in your heart then it's the highway to hell because you've picked the wrong choice for your life in terms of career and all these other things right i think it's I think there's two things going on in parallel in this song because it does sound like a rather judgmental song otherwise. And that's sort of how I headcanon the decision. Jessica's like, yeah. Why no Earp? What? I'm just going to start naming Canadian more, things. Naming, naming more CanCon? Well, holy cow underscore 86 18 years ago on song meanings doesn't agree with me because they said, this is a great song. Not too churchy. Just right. Love what? it. I mean, way too musically. Mm. It's not too churchy. It's not like a praise and worship song. It's more, but lyrically, it might be pretty churchy. It's time to make up your mind. It's time to make up your mind. Are you with me or against me? Noticed you're sitting on the fence, and how it's like. So it's about this song is about like making a decision, making decision. I th- I think it's making a decision making, about your religion. Yes. Absolutely, that's the main theme of the song. But I think there's a parallel here saying like when you have big decisions in your life, you need to trust God as well. I'm not saying that that idea is perfectly fleshed out, 
and absolutely that I'm correct on this. But when I hear the I didn't vote because I'm not proud because I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed, I'm like, that sticks out like such a sore thumb. There's got to be more going on in this song than just accept God or go to hell and burn. Milo and Simon. You mean Prozac. That's what I said. (laughs) Milo and Simon's what Disney called them when they tried. That's what I said. So, um... That's what I need. However, musically, this song is basically like... I think this song's basically like no effects. This song's like a mini The Decline. Oh, so that's why I don't like them, (laughs) because... But in a way, it's the anti-no effects. Very much the anti-no effects. Because I only don't like no effects because the kids who who bullied me in high school liked no effects. Right. <laughs> I haven't listened to enough of their music to formulate an opinion of my own. David Park definitely texted me at some point in the recent past and said some other song sounded like no effects on there. But I don't remember what he said. However, I think that this album in particular is like there's elements on this on the original non-gold production that's far more like fat wreck epitaph skate punk sound this song in particular and i think this is like a like i said this is like a mini version of the decline whereas the decline is about how evangelical christians and gun-toting right-wingers are destroying the world this song is in some ways the opposite literally what's happening right now in this country (laughs) well then you better vote Exactly. But I can't. Go vote this November. I didn't tell you, but I'm Canadian. Ooh, you're looking more attractive (laughs) now. You look more like Michael Buble every minute, Dan. No, when am I going to tell them that I'm not? When am I going to tell her I'm not Canadian? Hey, we wanted to take this moment to thank all of our Patreon subscribers who have joined over at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, and Samantha. If you're interested in becoming a patron of Sadie Hawkins Pod, we're doing great stuff over there. We're reading through the complex infrastructure relationship book that Relying K totally wrote. Ooh. We review other bands that are related to Relying K. We do. And we'll be doing most of the K for Karaoke tracks over there. Yeah, that's right. We have two, five, and ten dollar levels. Everyone who joins gets stickers, and there are other perks you can decide on. Thanks again to our patrons, as we feel really fortunate to have all of you. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and interact with the show at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, both at sadiehawkinspod, and call our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also I've had guests such as John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of the Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News. Or this might be a podcast on any podcast platform and you will find us. This might be a podcast brought to you by PunkNews.org. Degrassi. The Hockey Guy on YouTube.
XPX server. <laughs> I was just testing that that, I was just testing that an MXPX thing I was working on worked. During our break? Yeah, well, during our break, you actually took a break. So I was sitting over here and I'm like, what can I do that wastes time? And I figured it out. So, speaking of MXPX, there's another band, as I was saying, that ends with an X. That's a punk band. There are no effects. And I think that this song sounds a lot like them in a way, right? But singing about things that no effects would never sing about. However, this song is one of the cases, like I was alluding to earlier, where the non-gold version is heads and tails better than the gold version. It's just night and day. though. So there is no comparison. What's the vinyl? Because we the vinyl is the the, I can tell you that absolutely the vinyl is the gold version. Mm -hmm. I don't think any version that gets released nowadays is ever not the gold version. Everything on streaming is the gold version. I think if you go on SoundCloud and YouTube, you can get both, but it'll never tell you specifically if you're listening to gold or non-gold. But in this case, you can absolutely tell the difference because first thing you can hear 100% on the non-gold version of this is in this opening part and I'm going to play it right now you can hear this crash symbol after every line so he, so let's listen to this part should I start this song off with a question or should I say what's on my mind so you heard that crash symbol right yeah that crash symbol is not on the gold version. And when we put our huh. vinyl on, the crash symbols were not in there. So here, if you heard that, should I start this song off, there's that crash symbol. Here it is without that crash symbol on the gold version. Should I start this song off with a question? Or should I say what's on my mind? Oh yeah, they even lowered the guitars. The mix is way more compressed in the gold version. Yeah. More properly, like an Epifat sound, in the non-gold version, that bass is leading the song. Yeah. Whereas in the gold version, they've compressed everything and brought pretty much everything up to the same level. And I think it's a huge detriment to the song. Absolutely. And then once we get past the cello part, and the song kicks in, the whole song sounds muddier. This part... This whole part, the like when the song really kicks in, it's way muddier in the gold mix because everything's just kind of up to the same level. It's the, it's the it's the definition of compression where you compress everything to the same level. Whereas there's more dynamic pop punk skate punk sound in the non gold version where, like yeah. I said, they lead with that bass. They're kind of like doing a way better job with mixing these instruments around. And this song... Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, it really is like night and day. Yeah. You can hear each individual guitar or bass when you need to hear it. Yeah. So, everyone out there, make sure you go listen to the non-gold version of the song. I just want to say, this, as far as like a, a skate punk jam, totally f***s. <laughs> it's awesome. I think the music of this song is so cool, and it's kind of unfortunate that it does have what some people probably perceive as a very dark Christian theme, the sort of part that a lot of people who you know might not want to think about. 
that is a part of the Christian faith. And something I was thinking about a lot recently is like, okay, we're not big theologians. We were raised in different, both of both of you and me were raised in different sort of denominations, different sort of churches. Right. We don't have like strong belief in mainline American Christian belief anymore. And I was like, isn't it then is like, is it good enough that we're doing a Reliant K podcast when that's sort of, we have these loose Christian, you know, progressive liberal ideas. And and then I thought about it and I'm like, sure, there are people out there who would think no, who are like pissed off at what we do and don't believe as the hosts of a Reliant K podcast. But then I just thought about it. I'm like, especially as I've looked at the fandom of Reliant K online, and especially when they go off and they become a way bigger band, if they just stayed in youth groups, if they just stayed in Christian bookstores and were never for sale at Walmarts or anything, then maybe that would be an accurate way to depict it. But Reliant K is a band for everyone. Even if they have these earlier albums with these songs that might scare off people from Christianity or might feel judgmental. Some of them, some of these songs at the same point, at the same time, the same song might lead someone to Christ, depending on where they are in their life. The same song that might seem dark, might seem hopeful to somebody else. I think Reliant K is a wide open band when it comes to politically and religiously, even if it's not directly reflected in their lyrics necessarily, because it's a band that is there for everyone, for everyone, no matter what their theological or you know their lifestyle is and so the fact that we have these beliefs or these non-beliefs in our lives and we're not always fully comfortable talking about them and we don't have all of the toolkit as far as language to talk about them all the time just like how we don't have with music i think it's completely reasonable to be a reliant k fan and not agree with all of the christian thought that's in these first couple of albums happy pride by the way <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> We're recording this on the last day of Pride, so happy Pride. I was saying, what's the gayest song that Reliant K has to end off Pride Month? Let me see my notes here, because I had more to say about the music a little bit. So yeah, so there's the crash symbol throughout the first verse. The bass leads the song. It's like an epiphat song on the non-gold version. The gold version compresses the whole song, brings everything up to the same level, buries every element of the song together. And yeah, the the gold version just sounds like it's underwater by the end to me, especially if you listen to the non-gold version and then go back and listen to what is the most readily available version now, the gold mix, the 2006 mix. It's just the whole song's underwater. But I just love this song musically, even if I had to sort of have this other headcanon to sort of accept the the themes of damnation and salvation that it presents. Don't you want to know what I think of the music? What do you think of the music? Murdoch Mysteries. <sighs> you and your CanCon. I don't even know where to go from that. You know what? It's my way or the highway. And my way is no more CanCon. Could you say where, where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just really love this song musically. It's exactly like, what have you been doing lately, right? Like, what have you been doing lately is musically such a great jam. But lyrically, you're like, oh. I feel the same way about the Supertones, where like I can listen to some Supertones any day of the week, even though a lot of their lyrics I don't always agree with. 
So I just, you know, I have no problem. It's like, you know, one of those kids, if it was kids in school, they'd be like, I can listen to gangster rap. I'm listening to the, to the rhythm. I'm listening to the beat, not the lyrics. That's how I feel about really uh, staunch Christian <laughs> rock is I can listen. I'm just listening to the beat, not the lyrics. Letter Kenny. What, what is that? What is Letter Kenny? Is that a band? A TV show. I'm thinking of Sl- Slater Kenny. Slater Kenny. Yeah. But I just love... It's a great melody. Like, you need a karaoke version and you could really enjoy this song. I had parody lyrics of this song that might have made you feel better. Oh, was it about the like, Trailer Park Boys? No. You don't watch the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> no, my parody lyrics are something, something, wayside we fell. They said, dude, you're getting Adele. Remember that commercial? Yeah. Danny was walking around singing that all day today. <laughs> remember, dude, you're getting Adele? Who doesn't? I'm sure a lot of people don't remember, dude, you're getting Adele. <laughs> so I didn't even ask you, but did this... What, the whole Canadian okay so despite whatever else this song is about and it you know it makes you not want to listen to it that much you know Matt Thiessen is Canadian right yes and where did you learn that did you learn I'm from trying to song? remember it was definitely not from the song oh I learned it from this song <laughs> and do you remember there's that interview that you found a couple of weeks ago that I remembered from reading it back in the early yeah. 2000s where Someone was having the, that whole conversation they're having where they talked about, you know, the the suicide machines controversy that he t- took that riff, which I completely don't agree with. I don't mm-hmm. think they sound the same at all and all of that. And then there's a thing in that interview. Oh, and they also talk about the Abercrombie and Fitch uh, controversy in that yeah. interview. But he the, the interviewer says like, oh, you're Canadian, right? And he's like, yeah, how'd you know that? And it's like, could you mention that song? <laughs> I think I just learned about it on Wikipedia. Okay. Honestly, yeah, I, I it definitely was not from this song because, okay. like I said before, I didn't really listen to this. Right. So, yeah. I just realized it's a little bit of literal Tyson being thrown in there. It's like, hey, everyone, I'm Canadian. <laughs> right. Just like how in the first album they he you know they mention Matt Hoops. Uh, sorry, no, they mention well they do mention Matt Hoops in My Girlfriend, but they mention Tyson's name twice in the album. They mention it mm-hmm. in the toby mac phone call and they mention it in when bible man from from uh charles in charge i want to say boner but that's not it that's no pains. um yeah the friends uh, yeah i don't remember the friends name we'll we'll learn it someday when we do charles in charge yeah but when the when the buddy when buddy from there charles in charge calls up and says this is matt Tyson on solo guitar right he's the he's, bomb he's the bomb so you learn a little bit more specifically about like the mythology of the band through this song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not thinking about what the overall theme. <laughs> yeah. He said, it's my way or the highway to hell. Yeah. And then how about the lyric? Uh, we got a thick handbook that teaches us how to cook or whatever. Yeah. They talk about the Bible. Yes. So in yes, that point, at that point, I'm like, well, it's undeniable. The song yeah. is about, following god's plan for you or doing or going asking him for salvation or there's a book here that says what you need to do to get salvation Mm -hmm. but is there a little bit more to it i say probably (laughs) 
so that's about everything I felt like saying about the song. Well, there's not any covers, and there's not there's a drum cover. The fact that there's no cover should tell you everything you need to know about this song. B Rad didn't have any covers, and that song is sick. <laughs> that song is a skate punk jam, just like this one. But uh, here is the only cover that I found of the song, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Lakeisha's back. (laughs) And wait a second. We've already heard this song before. This is that 6th Avenue heartache sound alike, which Jimmy E. Pod in their Lakeisha's, Lakeisha Kruger's like copy pasta sister. She also uploads, you know, some, uh, what am I trying to say? Some Jimmy Eat World song was labeled as a Jimmy World song, it also had this Wallflower sound like track. So this is just, I, I, this is just, I don't know what the advantage of it of this is, but this is clearly some sort of stock. We've said it before, but I know it now. I've, I now that I know, I've seen the other Jimmy World ones out there. This is some sort of stock music library that wanted to host their music on YouTube for some reason, but they hit it as other songs. I don't get it. It can't be an advertisement for the stock music company because they don't list. It's not like a scam that's like getting you to think this is a Reliant K track to check out and you find it some stock music and then there's the link to the stock music because it doesn't list that. It doesn't explain it. One theory I have now is maybe there's someone out there that needed to upload this stock music library but didn't want the original stock, the original like copyright holders to f- identify it and take it down. So they hid it as a bunch of fake tracks for fake lyric videos for other bands. So it wouldn't get the attention of the actual stock music companies. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling does not work for a stock music company. I know what you're realizing. We're can come. We're done with that. <laughs> Orphan Black. We're talking about something fun now. We're talking about Lakeisha Kruger. And it gets even deeper, because then look what I found. So, yeah, so there's Lakeisha Kruger, which is this fake YouTube channel that uploads stock music that's pretending to be relying K lyric videos. Jimmy Pod has found a different woman's name that uploads Jimmy Eat World songs for the same thing. Now I found Signe Blandford. <laughs> and I don't know if this is one of Lakeisha's friends or what, because it's a totally different style. Oh from gosh. the usual Lakeisha Kruger and her family. Is this like a lullaby? Family. I don't know, but it's another fake lyric video, but a completely different background. It didn't have that little theme song at the beginning. It's this like blue and white background, different text. It's called Signe Blandford. 803 views four years ago. And it's just like another weird stock music thing uploaded. Nobody complaining about the facts that this isn't actually Reliant K, even though apparently 800 people have listened to it. Again, maybe the point is they someone wants this stock music library online, but they don't want the stock, the copyright holder to take it down. So they hit it as other songs. That's my only working theory at this point. Rachel McAdams. I get it. So if I talk about something fun, will you stop listing off CanCon to me? Never. Then we're not going to get to listen to something that I know you want to listen to. Oh, what is this? This is something you want to listen to. I told you because there were no covers and things this week uh-huh. that I had some diversionary stuff to replace the fan videos and the covers. Slasher. 
I won't. You have to be a good girl if you want me to play this, and you have to pay attention to what I'm going to play for you. You want this. I'm telling you, you want what I'm about to play. Oh, it's right. not the Limp Bizkit song, also called My Way or the Highway. <laughs> okay. It's not one of the millions of other songs called My Way or the Highway. Okay. It's something you want that I forgot about until I typed in. You, you can list one more CanCon at the end of this segment if you're good. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to really criticize you. I love you. You'll forgive me when you hear this. Here it is. Because this... This YouTube video shares one word in common. This next song's a song that was written. It's about how much we love Fillmore. By Brian's mother. <laughs> Brian's mom. She wrote the song and then she used to sing it to him before he went to sleep every night. And then she used to kiss him on the nose and tell him what a cute little elf he was. <laughs> Here it goes. You see what it is now? Yeah. <laughs> Last week we mentioned how Reliant K in the early 2000s did a cover of I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. And Jessica was like, I'm going to go listen to that right after this episode. She didn't. I know she nope. didn't. So I found it for her because of the word way is in both titles, right. so this came up. Nice. I know Reliant K played this song a bunch, but for some reason, this is the only video that's like uploaded and labeled specifically as this song. And I this appears to be that same concert that we played from last week when they played oh, Marilyn yeah. Manson Ain't My Girlfriend and they had Fillmore's drummer. Last week, this video, the, the, the My Girlfriend version of this video was not labeled for where they are. Now it's labeled for where they were. They were at the YMCA skate park in Green Acres, Florida. Sick. Danny, why don't you ever kiss me on the nose and call me your cute little elf? Because I didn't want you to think I was ripping off Brian Pittman's mother. Did they say Brian? Yeah. I think they said Brian. So let's listen. It's real short. It's only a minute. It's a minute long version of Relying K's cover from... The YMCA skate park. This is sometime between when Steven left the band and Dave joined. So around 2000. Take it back. I wish I hadn't heard it now. <laughs> they're just Rookie they're, Blue. They're a punk band. You're do, 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 stop naming CanCon at me. They were they were a punk rock band, and they had angular chords, and they were just rocking out in Green Acres, Florida that night, giving everyone a good time. Now this also this also led to me finding. I was like, is there really no other footage of Reliant K playing this song? Just like how there's only one public recording of Reliant K playing 
uh, My Evil Plan to Save the World by, by Five Iron Frenzy. And I know they played it way more than just once. Well, I found this video uploaded six years ago by Jeremy Hall that says Reliant K, I want it that way, where they spelled Reliant with an A. So I was like, okay, cool. This must be another performance. And I'm like, no, wait, this is a studio recording. I was like, no, Reliant K never did a studio recording of this song. And I'm like, oh, well, the answer will, will, will show itself very quickly. Here's Reliant K playing I Want It That Way. It's not Reliant K. I was going to say, it's not Reliant K. It's who is it? It's some band. Oh, some I Napster you knew band. Who it was. No, and here's the hilarious thing. So here's, just listen to some more. So this is one of those, this is another one of those Napster uh, LimeWire things where some band recorded a punk rock emo cover of I Want It That Way and it got labeled as Reliant K and it lives on to this day. Like MXPX recorded Barbie Girl. Or that Reliant K cover, some of the Reliant K Christmas songs are attributed to Sum 41 and Green Day. Somebody said that this was Reliant K. Then, one year ago, Dale Semple wrote, This is not Reliant K, my dude, LOL. This is Newfound Glory. (laughs) It's not Newfound Glory either. So then I just wrote, as myself, as my real name, this isn't Reliant K or Newfound Glory. I'm like, this is not Newfound Glory. I was like, unless maybe Newfound Glory's, like, demo, uh, like, he had a really different voice. Like, like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith had a really different voice on their first album, you know? But I was like, no, this doesn't sound like Newfound Glory. But then I looked into it. And if you search Newfound Glory, I want it that way. There's tons of posts of this song. And everyone's saying, this is not Newfound Glory. This is not Newfound Glory. This is not Newfound Glory. <laughs> Someone said it might be the band Limbeck, who I've heard of. They're just a band that I've heard of. But there's like no, I couldn't find official explanation of who recorded this version of the song. But it's not Reliant K. Working moms. <sighs> You're not mentioning one piece of CanCon. One piece, you're not mentioning Blink-155. <laughs> Speaking of Blink-155, let's, last thing, since there's no other fan videos or anything, let's watch together the Olymp Biscuit music video for their song, <laughs> My Way. I'm not going to post this to the, I'm not going to edit this in and post because I don't want to get tagged yeah. by the ever litigious Fred Durst. He, he's a film director now. <laughs> He's ready to he's 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 ready to make money any way he can. So let's watch this. Too. Have you ever seen this video? No, I haven't seen any um, Limp Biscuit stuff. What's your relationship with Limp Biscuit? I think didn't I mention I mentioned this in last week in our Mail and Manson ep- ate my girlfriend episode that my mom was like, "Jessica, you can't listen to that." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." I I didn't want to listen anyway. And there's that Eminem song where he says something about better sit me next to so and so Fred Durst. Oh, wait, that's dirty. I can't mention that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hey, Fred Durst has got the clapboard. He's like, someday I'm going to be a director working with John Travolta. Or, or, you know, a second or third AC. So I guess they're like a baseball team or something because they're all wearing baseball hats. (laughs) Right? Are Limp Bizkit all baseball players? I mean, they got their hats on backwards, but they're all wearing baseball hats. You're a goober. So here's the video. Is it exciting? They're just like standing around in different sets. 
Oh, I think it said it was directed by Fred Durst. Oh, is it? There you go. Yeah, it's on the board. I mean, I'm assuming he's not doing the camera since he's in front of it. No, he's not the director of photography. Only a punk would be the director of photography. What's your relationship with rap rock? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Non-existent. Was not super familiar with, like, P.O.D. or uh, Limp Bizkit. Are they rap rock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, um, I don't know, name another big rap rock band. Rage Against the Machine. No, not until Guitar Hero and that that one song was on there. They're like, they're they're like, uh, or maybe that's face paint, not a mask. What the the, the guitarist? Yeah, yeah, that's that's like face paint. He the the original guitarist was always like a character guy. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Um. So that's Limp Bizkit. I just that's a really boring video to be quite honest. I was hoping for more. I've never yeah. really seen this video. It's just different. It's just them playing and singing in, in different, different setups. Like there was one where they outfits. were cavemen a second yeah. ago, and there's one where they're like. A leather-clad biker gang. And now they're like a swing band at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance or yeah. something, yeah. Well, that let us down to try to like look at the famous outdoor Fred Durst music video. But, I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I can't handle the 12. anticipation. I've got at least twelve, thirteen. I've got up to thirteen different uh, Limp Biscuit, My Way, Dragon Ball Z AMVs. <laughs> Which one do you want? Do you want a Gogeta one? Do you want a Trunks one? Do you want a Go? Yeah, Gogeta tribute. Vegeta tribute. Well, it's the summer, so you should be putting on your swim trunks. So let's go with trunks. <laughs> Where do you go? There's so many. Where do you go? Here it is. Okay. You want to learn about some Dragon Ball Z set to Limp Biscuit? This isn't. I mean, it's oh, the only way to learn about Dragon Ball Z. Just take a look around. Oh, lies. Mistagged. It's one thing to tag the wrong band in a video, but when you tag the wrong name of the song, <laughs> it's like you just weren't even thinking, were you? So there he is. There's the Dragon Ball man. Oh. There's, that's Mr. Dragon Ball. Mr. And Dragon he Ball. shoots. There's the green one. Yeah, that's that's Mean Green Jean. Mean Green Jean. <laughs> Welcome to our new Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Oh, there's the main one with the dark hair. Right. Uh, I know that one's name. Gogo. There's Goku. Go- Gogo. No. I got it. No. <laughs> or is it Gokan? You're so much more. Gohan? You're so much more interested in talking about getting Dragon Ball Z figured out than getting the meaning of the song "My Way or the Highway" by Reliant K figured out. Is there a Gohan? There is a Gohan. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that one or is that one Goku? Or are they the same? I think they're all Gokus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're Dan, all called Dan. Who's your favorite Goku? Uh, I like the I like the green one. The oh green right, Goku's that's Fajita. Yeah, I like all the Gokus. I always I took a quiz one time to figure out which female Goku are you, and it said I was the blue-haired <laughs> female Goku, the one that like likes machines and can't fly. Yeah, 
I was I was pretty happy with that. Do you what? <laughs> Anime. <laughs> That's it. Do you know any? Oh. Little Uh-oh. Miss CanCon, you know, do you know some Canadian anime? Uh-oh. Totally Spies. You're never going to get it. Totally Spies. Apparently Braceface. Oh, was Braceface Canadian? I guess, cause I, but Alicia Silverstone stars in that, so I don't know. And that's true because, you know, uh, if you're it not, is can- true. If it you're is not true Canadian, you're not allowed to go to Canada. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're certainly not allowed to be in Canadian movies. I, d- I don't know why they let Eric Roberts in, but they did for some reason. And they let him in there all the time. Yeah, they do. Make all those movies. So I guess that's it. It's my way or the highway. And just remember. It's your decision. Choose it well. Choose it well. They say it's my way or the highway to... Some other Canadian show. What's another Canadian show? Lost Girl. 